If you work for a living, why do you kill yourself working? From the Willamette Valley, in America's great Pacific Northwest, you are listening to the Ernest Mann Show. I'm your host, Ernest Mann. Coming to you no matter where, what time, or what place you may be listening in this great, big, beautiful, but sometimes incredibly crazy world we all live in. Well, hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in or for tuning in again. This is episode number 266, Earnest Truth, The Migrant and Asylum Seekers Crisis When Caring and Reality Collide. In the previous episode I did, uh, number uh, 265, I gave you my take on the whole Russell Brand crisis thing. And I was very surprised by just how many of you not only listened, but understood where I was coming from. So I just wanted to thank you all for reaching out and letting me know that. So with this story, I thought I would take a look at the migrant and or asylum seekers situation and give you my two cents worth about it. Because in this situation, it is the exact polar opposite of the nonsense surrounding Russell Brand. This is, in fact, a very real crisis. I'd like to point out that there are times when a person really is in a damned if you do and damned if you don't situation. Sometimes you simply can't ignore reality. And the reality in this case is that this is only a symptom of a much bigger problem. And the solution is not going to be pleasant. Nope. Because we have painted ourselves into a proverbial corner with few options. I think it might be a good idea at this point to talk just a little bit about the history of Ellis Island and the great waves of humanity that ended up sitting in New York City at the turn of the 20th century. But many of us learned throughout grade school about those immigrants who came through Ellis Island at the uh, turn of the 20th century was basically a bunch of propagandist feel-good bullshit. The proclamation at the base of the Statue of Liberty, for example, an excerpt from The Great Colossus reads, uh, Give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses, yearning to breathe free, the wretched refuse of your teeming shore. Send these, the homeless, tempest tours to me, 
I lift my lamp beside the golden door. Wow. Those some words there. Those are great and inspiring words and all that. And it's been thoroughly documented how many of those immigrants from that time became teary-eyed when being interviewed years later, remembering when they got off the various ships being processed through at Ellis Island. The huddled masses, of course, started with hundreds, then thousands, then tens of thousands, people from many nations, but the largest numbers were Jews, Germans, Poles, Irish, Scotch-Irish, and Italians. Many different people and many different languages. But for the most part, the vast majority of all those people had one thing in common. Except for a relatively lucky few, they all lived together in various neighborhoods in abject poverty and continued to do so until the day they died, which for many of them was actually not that long. For what should be obvious reasons, I guess, diseases such as cholera and typhoid was rampant in the slums, where too many people were packed in, and compounding the problem, a completely inadequate sanitation system. You have to remember, this was still horse and buggy days, and despite the city's best efforts, there was still horse shit on the streets everywhere. Now back to those great inspiring words from the great Colossus mentioned earlier. All those teeming masses were here not because the locals loved them and welcomed them with open arms, they were here because they were desperate, for one reason or another. With the Irish, for example, it was the potato famine. Little did they know, however, that for many of them, they were leaving one hell only to end up in another. You see, back then, much like today, big business pretty much ran the country. And at the onset of the Industrial Revolution, the factories did have one big problem. Not enough labor. Matter of fact, companies routinely paid for ads in newspapers in, like, local towns and, you know, rural communities with outlandish propaganda, lying about great pay and working conditions and how wonderful life was in the big city. And the deception worked for a time. But when the sons and daughters who had come to the big city and they quickly discovered how awful it was and then wrote back home, telling their families and friends that they had been deceived, many declaring, by the way, or begging if necessary, that they wanted to leave and simply come back home. So the factories were constantly having a labor shortage problem. That is, 
until the immigrants arrived. It didn't take uh, the company, it didn't take them very long to figure out that those immigrants coming off the boats were really good for business. In short, here was a bottomless supply of poor, desperate people who more often than not didn't even speak the language. 12-hour days for shit wages was quite common, if not the norm. Six days a week, <laughs> and vacation, health care, get the hell out of here. If you would have said such outlandish ideas to any industrialist at that time, he would have either laughed you out of the room or called the police to have you removed because you were obviously totally mad. Those people were essentially slaves, and this was long before unions, which wouldn't make the scene for at least another 30 or 40 years. So what the business owners and industrialists had was a capitalist wet dream. And just so you know, before you get all big pickle up your arse and jump up and declare that he's a socialist or he's a communist, I'm not. So just sit the hell down and listen. So what was basically going on is the same thing going on today. Most business owners, which includes just about any business you can name, especially construction, if they can get away with it, want to pay the absolute lowest wage they possibly can for the maximum amount of work. It is the same thing that it was then that it is now. Exploitation. If many of those business owners could get away with only paying starvation rations and having their workers sleep in a warehouse with bunks looking very reminiscent of Auschwitz, yes, I'm talking about even here in the good old USA, they would. That's no joke. But there's one very big difference between the plight of immigrants and by the way, you know, you'll note that they were accurately not referred to as migrants or asylum seekers. At the turn of the 20th century and what is taking place today, the fact is that all these millions and millions of surplus workers are simply not needed. If I may touch on the situation in New York City briefly to illustrate, the last calendar year since 22, New York City alone has taken in approximately 116 million interlopers. I choose accurately to call them what they are, not what they've been erroneously mislabeled, and are currently accepting if you want to call it that, about 14000 additional per month. And that is in New York City alone. So what is currently happening in New York City is that the previous interlopers are angry 
with the newest interlopers, angrily telling them to get the fuck out because the new invaders will simply work for less than the ones before them, which in turn, of course, drives wages down for everyone. And by everyone, I mean the general population, not the wealthy and big business owners. They actually profit from this, which is the real reason nothing's being done. As far as the business mentality is concerned, they are truly liberal. That's right. They're liberal. In one very big way, the racist protectionism of the 1950s and mid-60s is pretty much gone. They don't care if you're white, black, yellow, red, pink, orange, or have three fucking heads. They are all equal opportunity exploiters. All they want, and do everything in their power to create, are lots and lots and lots of poor, disenfranchised, and desperate people. That is what makes them happy. And as their psychopathic economic grip gets stronger and stronger across the world, it has arrived in America. Our ass is in serious trouble. Now, for all you masochists out there, if all that wasn't dark and depressing enough, here's more. Historically speaking, that means this. Either the invaders must return from where they came, or eventually there's going to be a massive bloodbath. Either they will leave, or they, as well as many others, will die. Because the absolute truth of this comes down to resources, or rather, a lack thereof. And this is what I meant by stating that, you know, this is actually a symptom of a much bigger problem. In short, all of this is a direct result of overpopulation. Yet overpopulation, which, by the way, corporations love, remains the 800-pound gorilla sitting in the room that no fucking body will even talk about, let alone actually do something about. Let me conclude with this, hopefully, you know, a simple example. Let's say you planned a barbecue. You planned it for 30 people. You actually planned it for 30 people and, you know, a few stragglers. Say another five or six people or so. There's enough meat, tighter salad, coleslaw, beer, wine, etc. for everybody. Party's going good. Everybody's happy. Few stragglers show up. Still no problem. Then... 10 more stragglers show up. You're getting annoyed, but you want to keep things pleasant. Then five more people show up. Now you're starting to get pissed. Because now there's not adequate food and drink for everyone at the party. And then, that's right, you guessed it, even more 
people show up. So at some point, you decide, despite any potential hurt feelings, you tell everybody who is not originally invited to fucking leave. Because otherwise, you understand the reality. That if you don't do that, all of your hard work that you planned for the original group will be destroyed. And what you intended as a great experience will end up in other failure, regardless of your intentions. And this is the reason why there's the old saying that the road to hell was paved with good intentions. Until next time, this is Ernest, reminding you that there are no bad words, just bad actions. Take care.